Inside the Game, brought to you by Raider Media. Welcome to another edition of Inside the Game, brought to you by Raider Media. I find myself uh, in the lobby here at uh, Winter Country Club. It's uh, been an amazing couple of days here in Namibia. And the reason I'm here, Derek Alberts, is because I'm here with the Multiply Titans as they undergo their pre-season tour uh, against Namibia. Uh, The match is done and dusted, so just a a few more obligations to undertake before we head back to South Africa in a, a day or two's time. And with me is a man who needs uh, no introduction. He's been around for a while, uh, both domestically and internationally, and he is captaining the the Multiply Titans uh, for the duration of this trip, Fahan Bahadin. Fadji, I'm going to call you Fadji throughout because, uh, geez, uh, firstly, where did the nickname come from? Hi, uh, Derek. Thanks for having your show. Um, 1998, under-14 rugby uh, training. We got an outside coach who was an old uh, West Fordian. Uh, old boy came into uh, the school and uh, did a bit of coaching. And he was reading names of a roster who was present um, at the particular training session. Alec, Tristan, uh, Mark. Got to my name. Couldn't pronounce my um, my name off the off the roster. And the first word that came to his head that started with an F was Fudge. And uh, Next day in school, everybody started calling me Fudge, all my friends, and I mean, that's kind of stuck for more than 20 years. <laughs> How have you enjoyed this trip? Jeez, Namibia is great, eh? Yeah, no, it has been, it's, it's been fantastic. Started off in Swakopmund, which is a lovely little spot. Um, yeah, though, look, the conditions there, I mean, it is middle of the winter, you know, coastal city, not a lot of sun. Um, people really friendly, obviously, being a German town, uh, yeah, we, we certainly had some fun. Yeah, we certainly have. Now, <laughs> we're very, very well sponsored by Aus Motors here in Vintuk. So when we landed, they had some very nice Isuzu SUVs waiting for us. And myself, uh, Fahan, Angela Agathaglo, my uh, good friend Raymond Habst, and a prize winner, Frank, uh, were all uh, put in, in the same vehicle. So... Usually how these things work on tours that once you're in your car, once you've been designated your car, you pretty much stick to it uh, throughout the entirety. So that that has been the case for the five of us in our, our silver bomber. Uh, it's been a gr- good group of guys, good mix. Yeah, no, it's been, uh, it's been a lucky crew. Uh, Andre's done most of the hard driving, uh, from obviously from Vintic to, um, to, to, to Swakop. It's about four-hour drives. I mean, that's quite a heavy slog when we got here. The... Um, just a bit dark towards the back end. So, I mean, that road is a bit dangerous towards, uh, you know, driving at night. But uh, Andrea, he navigated that particular road per- perfectly well. And our super fan, Frank, what a little champion, bit introverted. But um, he's there. Goes to all the functions, goes out with the buggers, has, you know, has some dinner with the boys. And, um, yeah, he's, he's there till the end. Yeah, he certainly is. Look, he's not the most talkative of fellows, but uh, he is. Uh, he certainly does come out of his shell, does old Frankus, when, when needs be. Uh, a big thank you to the guys yesterday who, who put on a, a really nice spread for us, a, a nice bry after the second and final match between the Titans and the Mabia. Um, uh, it took place, uh, I forget the name of the field, but uh, it was here in Vintook, uh, and they really went all out. Was that the United Cricket Field? Yes, it was. United Cricket Field, and Namibia played fantastic hosts, as well as to Namibian breweries, uh, who who came to the party with the sponsor's product. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
Vintu came to the party, you know, uh, it's quite a nice uh, gesture from the guys. Um, you know, being a small country, uh, sponsors are always hard to come by, especially in our own country, you know, saying that we're big, but, uh, you know, for sponsors to throw down a bit of cash, uh, you know, economy is always tight these days and a big, a, a definitely a big shout out to the Namibian breweries. Okay, so now we speaking. Well, firstly, let's deal with uh, what took place over the last couple of days. Going up against Namibia, um, unfortunately going down in both matches, but there were two friendlies. It's pre-season training for you guys. Uh, it sounds cliche as I spoke to Coach Mark Boucher yesterday. Uh, cricket was the real winner. Also, uh, you fielded uh, some very new and inexperienced players in your side. I'm not counting the guys who actually represent the Titans. Yeah, no, definitely. Look, I think uh, this particular trip is... Um it's a little bit more than just winning and losing, you know. Uh, we're looking to grow the game in Namibia. You know, they just reached uh, ODI status, you know, so well done to their, uh, their national side. But for us, this trip is to, you know, build a little bit of uh, team camaraderie. Uh, and as you mentioned, you know, we played a few young cats from the local areas. You know, in Walfersburg, we played a, um, a couple of guys from from the local schools. And similarly, yeah, in Vintuk, you know, there's a 16-year-old and a 17-year-old guy playing for us. Um, so, you know, to give them that exposure, to be honorary Titans for for a day is, um, you know, so, something special. You know, their friends and their families must have been out there and uh, there's a massive crowd. Um, so, yeah, what a wonderful occasion for them. Yes, we came on the, you know, we were on the wrong side of the, of the results, but, um, you know, we take that with a pinch of salt. So, you also wore the armband for, for the series. Uh, how was that like? Yeah, it was um, it was good. You know, I've um, you know the last T20 competition we played, I was I was, I was captain of the of the Titans and Mzanzi League with the Cape Town Blitz. So it's, it's a fairly new role to me. And you know, I've always been a soldier, kind of following and leading by example off the field without the armband or on on the field without the armband. And you know, to get that mantle is uh, it's quite exciting for me. It's a new challenge. You know, you have to manage your performances, you have to manage your emotions. Um, you have to kind of uh, you know work with tactics in in the game so um that is all quite a new experience this particular trip has been a lot more relaxed even though a little even though i got a little bit uh, frustrated yesterday but that's just my general nature coming out i suppose i'm gonna interrupt yeah when you came off halfway through you you made an undefeated half century normally uh you're the first guy I go to for an interview or something ran up to you you go no 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 i'll come to you later you look pretty pissed off yeah i don't know for some reason you know the competitive juices got flowing and <laughs> I suppose I just um, I, I I can't switch it off, even though it's a friendly game, and we are, you know we have to understand why we are, and you know trying to build our brand, trying to grow their cricket, trying to blood some youngsters, and you know um, cricket in the in totality is the winner, but personally it still gets my blood boiling to be honest. Uh, but yeah, we I just needed about five 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 or so minutes away. That's all. <laughs> That was good to see. So, okay, we're speaking uh, in the midst of the Proteus' disastrous World Cup campaign. They've got one more match uh, to go up against Australia. That's very much a dead rubber for all sides concerned, given the fact that Aussie are, are through to the semi. South Africa, obviously, not uh, don't have a hope in hell of making it. And, uh, I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing. But in chatting to people in the midst of surveying the wreckage, of course, you talk about people that, that should be there, could have, would have, should have. And your name comes up a lot. Um, there's no question you would have liked to have been there, but uh, yeah, do you, do you think you deserved a spot in that that 15 man side? Um, if I'll be honest with myself, my form leading up to 
Um, leading up to the Momentum Cup, so for uh, December and Jan, maybe half a three November, maybe wasn't as um, maybe wasn't as good. You know, I wasn't as consistent. There was a few sparks of performances. Um, by that time, I think you know the national sides made up their mind about who they wanted to go with. You know, Rassi was in great form in the middle order. JP was coming back from injury. And then I had a good Momentum Cup. You know, I thought maybe I could sneak uh, sneak it through the back door. Um, I, I thought I showed some form in the, the f in the competition leading up to a, f the f a 50 over World Cup, you know. So that particular format I was doing really well. Um, but yeah, look, I wasn't too disappointed. I've been very fortunate enough to go to four World Cups, a big 50 over and three T20 World Cups. I've been to two Champions Trophies. So as disappointed as it was personally, you know, I kind of let that one go. I kind of let that one slide. And um, no doubt I would have loved to have been there, you know be the guy that uh, I mean all the players on that squad you know they they deserve to be there in, the, in, in their own right and they all wanted to be the person or be the team that uh, that brings home that, that particular trophy um, so yes personally I was disappointed but uh, you know things can't always go your way to be honest I know we've been chatting quite a bit about it over the last couple of days and you spoke about your, your last trip to Australia with the Proteas and it was against the, what, the three-match ODI series and, yeah. and, a, and a T20 or two, I, I forget it. And, and yeah, you were in the mix there um, and I mean, you must have been given some kind of hope that, that you would have been in that World Cup squad. I think so, definitely. You know, I got six months leading into the... Well, Maybe not, well, maybe not six months. Like five months leading into the particular, you know, leading up to a World Cup event, uh, it definitely gave me a bit of hope, you know. But not playing in Australia, just being a part of the squad, um, you know, I was, I was quite happy. But then not getting selected for Sri Lanka or or Pakistan back home, you know, that kind of qu uh, squashed any 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 hopes that I had, I suppose. Um, so that was so that was particularly tough, you know, being given a little bit of hope and then kind of. Um, you know, not being selected for the home legs of or the home series leading up to the World Cup. Mm. But yeah, just one of those things, I suppose. You know, as as with age, you you kind of deal with it slightly better, I suppose, and you kind of just got to crack on. Eh? You gave me a, a fantastic stat last night when we were talking about your experience at the the 2015 World Cup. <laughs> you, you you were at the crease when AB went crazy against the West Indies, yeah. but but you, you weren't so bad yourself. Ten or five. Yeah, two hundred strike rate. I thought I was. I mean, I thought I was doing okay. Um, uh, actually, my, my my cricket World Cup fifty over World Cup strike rate still at two hundred, two hundred plus. Just a by the way. Um, but yeah, so batting against batting with AB de Villiers and um, he the fastest hundred and fifty ever in the history of the game at the SCG. What a wonderful venue! And uh, I was batting to, in the last three or four overs and. Maybe was smashing it to all parts and I got onto strike and I kind of, I think I faced one dot and I hit the single and I got back on strike for some reason and chipped on over mid-wicket for two and the crowd went boo. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd booed me because I wanted to see Avi on strike. So I said to Avi, Avi, I need to get you back on strike because, I mean, you're smoking it the best I've ever seen anybody hit it. And um, eventually he gave me a little bit of um, confidence, you know, he told me, listen, guy, you know, you, you, you can hit the big shots. And the next ball I hit for six, uh, Almost to a golfer's clap, you know, and the crowd was like, oh, this, who's this guy? <laughs> the next over, he, the last over of the end is he, he, I mean, he took the Jason Holder down for 30, so I had the best seat in the house, to be honest. So that was one of my, uh, I think, one of my best memories, actually, to be honest.
Oh, I can imagine. And, and you also said that there's a, a nice little record that you held following uh, your strike rate performance. Uh, I think what's only Glenn Maxwell that has a, a better strike rate than you. Yeah, I think, uh, look, I didn't, I only batted twice in the, <laughs> in the World Cup, to be honest. Uh, I think uh, I got 74 runs off 31 balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, 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 I lied. 74 for 35 balls. So, yeah, that would be a strike rate of over 200. Only Glenn Maxwell had a, had, had a higher strike rate. Um, but like I said, I didn't bat too much, to be honest. I played four games in that particular World Cup. I never batted against Zim, JP Dumini, and Milo was smashing into all parts, and... We got 330 in Hamilton, and then we played in Camry against Ireland. I think Riley to so and maybe the Villiers, they were smashing to all parts. You know, I had, my, I had serious bad rash on. Uh, Ashim got 100, Faf got 100 in that particular game. Uh, yeah, so I batted twice against UAE and against uh, West Indies. But uh, yeah, those are fun, fun memories back down in, uh, in, in Australia. I'm sure until uh, we, we got to that semi-final over at uh, Eden Park. Um, you mentioned AB. Uh, he's a fellow Titan. Um, should, he, should he be in England right now with the Proteus? I'm a massive AB fan. He's a really good friend of mine. Look, he obviously hasn't had his uh, version of, the, of whatever's happened over the last uh, two, two months, so we'll wait for that to pass any sort of judgment. Personally, as a fan, as a friend guy that thinks he's one of the best players to ever grace the game. I've hoped he would have been there. I thought he would, could have been there. Like you said, could have, would have, should have at the start of this. And I just wanted to see him play. I thought it would be a fitting end to his career to finish off and to try him another World Cup, you know. I'm sure some deep, deep down inside that is what he was wanting. And I hope, uh, I hope there's... Um, some light at the end of the tunnel for him, you know, like as with regards to, he, I'm sure he'll respond to all of the, all of the stories going out there so we can just clear the air. But like I said, as a good friend and as a, as a fan of AB, I've, <laughs> I've batted with him on numerous occasions as well. I just wanted to see him play at the World Cup and the biggest stage against those bowlers and do something special for our country. Yeah, it is a, a pity because he is coming across as a bit of a fall guy, um, which uh, I think is, is a little unfair. And I do think a lot of the things that have come out aren't exactly uh, correct. Uh, one of them being that he made himself available a night before the squad announcement. Uh, I think that's pretty sure that that wasn't the case. No, I don't think so at all. You know, Like I said, he's yet to respond. I don't know if he will respond soon. Maybe one day we'll all hear the father, like the, the true story. That's just my personal feeling, my personal gut. It's telling that knowing him for such a long time, you know, and I, like I said, we're good friends, so I've, I've obviously haven't spoken to him in regards to that. It's a bit of a touchy subject. We've kind of just touched over some 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 other things, but um, I'm sure we'll just wait for that story and before we can all pass judgment. Where where do you think it went wrong for the Proteus? Uh, again, hindsight is wonderful to to dissect the mess, but what what could you have seen done differently in the build-up and during the course of the current World Cup? Yeah, look, the first three games is tough. You know, you play three games with, with, within a week. You play the number one ranked side, number two ranked side. Uh, first game, the third game. Mm. The, players that, the players that went, were, uh, like I said, deserve their, their spots in their own right. Um, I think the build-up could have, I mean, we could have nailed down maybe a style of play uh, better to leading up to the World Cup, maybe six, maybe 10, maybe 12 months leading up to that particular World Cup. 
I think we were still trying to find that particular style. I thought we played that style in certain instances, but like England does and England has been doing for the last three, four years, they stuck to their style and they come unstuck in two games against Sri Lanka and uh, who did they lose to? Uh, they lost. They lost two games. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they just beaten. They've just beaten India yesterday with that same style. Though, yeah. So, so they, our team, you know, that is actually the the trick for all sporting teams to play a particular brand, whether it be attacking, defensive, cautious, to play that particular style in the face of adversity, when especially in pressure moments, World Cup on a World Cup stages. It's very challenging, and they 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 seem to have found something or found a way to do it. I thought maybe we could have found a way a bit earlier and kind of stuck to it. Uh, I keep on mentioning the fact that we've been having very long conversations over the last couple of days here in uh, in Namibia, and one of the reasons being, of course, we've got these long trips, uh, four or five hour drive between Vintic and Swakopmund. So you tend to talk a hell of a lot, mm. and one of the things that that we discussed was the presence of um, a, a, uh, a mental coach uh, in the side. Yes. Uh, we had Paddy Upton on the show not too long ago, and uh, we look back in the history of the Proteus sides. Uh, Henning Herrika was involved, Jeremy Snape, a few guys. Uh, at the recently, mo- uh, recently mo- mo- uh, Maurice Aronstam, not too long ago. And at the moment, there's no one, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. There isn't anybody. And is that not a slight... On, I mean, again, you admitted to us a couple of days ago that having the presence of someone like that had a, mess, a massive benefit to, to your game in particular. Yeah, I think a couple of years ago, I, I mean, and still, when, I think at the Titans, um, Rob, Rob Walter got Maurice Arnestam involved with us and um, wonderful player, first class player, played for the Titans, won a few trophies, but uh, he has a master's in psychology, so... You know, he understands the game of cricket and he has a psychology degree. So, I mean, those, those two kind of work well. But it wasn't only just coping with the uh, pressures of the game. You know, I, I lent on him with regards to coping mechanisms on tour, uh, outside of the game, personal life, because that's all part of the story, you know. And uh, I'm not too sure. I mean, personally, uh, I've, I think it's a, it's a nice angle to work with. You know, he doesn't have to be... Um, in the limelight too much or maybe not Maurice Arnstam but a character within the group is uh, maybe not a bad thing like I said the Titans had the particular guy Maurice he was our guy for a couple of years uh, when we started building this particular culture Rob Walter was very um, important to that and I think the players had it differently they had a a person they could could lean on not being the coach sometimes you always want to speak to the coach about all your problems you need somebody to just maybe clear clarify something out or you know maybe just streamline your thinking uh, maybe just add one or two coping mechanisms with regards to failure or maybe success or maybe your personal life maybe your time management you know there's quite a there's quite a few areas um but we never had one in this particular trip and i have no idea how that would have impacted our our um campaign I mentioned AB being the fall guy following uh, this uh, disastrous uh, campaign. And I, I think it's fair to say sometimes you've been a fall guy in campaigns. And, wow. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's an understatement. Yeah, well, I mean, wh- why do you think that is? Where, where some guys just become public enemy number one. Um, and, and obviously, with regards to you yourself. Um, I mean, it, firstly, it must be very, very tough to handle. And secondly, you must question why. I mean, it's one thing to just 
maybe not get the runs, but it's mm. not just you. You're not the only guy. Yeah, I think. Look, I don't think I've been public enemy number one. I mean, I think I've been quoted as saying as uh, as uh, I'm a player that people love to hate. You know, the position that I that I that I play in is, and then loads of guys do it. Dave Miller does it. Jake Bertrand does it. Albie Morkel did it for years. You know, he's been retired. Now I've stepped into that role over the however many years. I mean. Uh, Going in, going on to my 14th year now, so it's where the game gets won and lost. We are bad with it, setting the game up, with it, chasing a score. It's where the game gets won and lost. People remember, people don't remember what the openers have done. Whether they score one, whether they score 100, the game gets lost and won in that last little bit of the game. Whether the pressures, I mean, 20 of 20 balls or whether you need 50 or 30 balls, and you need to strike it 10 and over, you know, like in. Sometimes you know in, in international cricket, look, it's that is tough. You're facing the best players in the world. You're facing Stark. You're facing. At the time, I was playing against Pakistan. You know, it was like uh, Umar Gul. You got uh, Muhammad Irfan. You got Said Ajmal. You got Shahid Afridi. Guys that have been of the best players we played for Pakistan, and and similarly all the other sides that I've played against in, on an international stage. Uh, I don't know. People, I suppose, love to love to scrutinise and. Yeah, look, it's 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 been tough to handle it. Uh, fortunately, I have. I mean, I have gotten through. I mean, I've. I'm still going, mm. still churning out some performances. You know, we won a trophy not long ago. You know, against uh, Momentum Cup, we, you know, we beat uh, the Dolphins in the final. But the semi-final, high-pressure situation, 50 for five, chasing 180. Myself and Corbin Bosch came together, and I was able to churn out the performance there. You know, that was really satisfying. You know, kind of. In the position that I am at, and I suppose there's a lot of sportsmen out there that's fighting their, you know, their own battles. You got fly offs playing, doing it in rugby. You got the scrum halves trying to prove selectors wrong, trying to prove the media wrong, trying to prove to themselves that they can do something. You got players in the in the setup, whether it be international, in our locals, in our setup. You know, Dwayne Pretorius was prime example, and he'll be the first to admit, maybe not the talented, but wow, what a work ethic he has. You know, he has a great work ethic with, with, with what he has. He does really well. He does the basics and he competes, you know. So he's obviously trying to prove to himself and prove to the world that, you know, that he's he's the main guy. And, you know, he, all, with all said and done, you know, he pulled, pulled out a great performance uh, against Sri Lanka. So um, there's loads of players like that out there, you know. It's tough for everybody out there. And how how did did you handle it, or how do you handle it? The criticism, and and also, I mean, you're a fairly active guy when it comes to social media, and you, you're pretty well read. In fact, uh, you dominated our, our trivia challenges in the car the last couple of days. Um, do you do you actively seek out articles, etc., not necessarily written about you, but on team performances, etc.? To be honest, it is. The, sh- the long and the short of it is when I made my debut, international debut in 2012. It's quite a nice thing. It's quite a momentous occasion personally. You know, you, you have, um, you know, you're realizing your dreams. You're playing, in, you're playing for, your, for your country, you know. With all that comes a little bit of success. And as a young guy, I mean, you kind of go through that. Like, you know, there's a bit of hype around your sorry. And, uh, you know, a year later, it's shocking to Sri Lanka. <laughs> wow. I think... Uh, Slinger Malinga, I think he ended a few a few people's uh, um, well, didn't end, end careers, but I mean, it definitely dented a lot of confidence. You know, people, myself <laughs> included, we had a hard at Sri Lanka, and 
you know, leading up to that tour, he, then I was very active and looking at all the reports and reading your name and News 24 and Twitter and you go through all, all the mentions and the tweets and all that stuff. And, you know, after that, uh, 2013, I decided not to read one article regarding my performances. I decided to cut it all out. Facebook, Instagram, it was only for for fun use, you know. Food, cars, jokes, uh, <laughs> memes, I don't know. Girls, um, nothing about my performances, nothing about cricket specifically. The rugby, love rugby, soccer, you know, all of that stuff. So you follow all of that and I decided not to look at anything related to my performances because it's just some guy, you know, writing. You know when you haven't performed, you get a duck of five balls or you score 20 or 20 balls but you've lost the game. And you know when you haven't done well, you kind of... Um, I decided that nobody's going to really be the, the judge of... Um, of my performances other uh, other than myself so i made that decision in 2013 and i think it's uh giving me a, a few more extra years to pat the back in well i'm having a look at your stats and i, I reckon it could have been directly beneficial to, to what took place because you had the the tour of sri lanka and as you admitted it wasn't the greatest of series but then you bounced back against Australia in Australia, and uh, at one stage uh, you got back-to-back uh, half centuries, um, and all at strike rates um, well over 100, uh, more often than not. So, so you could almost attribute your decision to completely disregard social media with uh, mentions of you personally to performances on the field. Yeah, I think that's exactly what I did. You know, I decided to work on my performances in a lot harder. You know, obviously that. The trick is to stay playing international sport for as long as you can. You know, some people can get there, but some people maybe fall off the horse too quickly. And um, I was very fortunate to to have quite a strong mind in that in that regard at that particular time. You know, fall off the horse against Sri Lanka, um, but only do because you know, like I said, Slinger Malinga, Ajanta Mendes at the time, one of the you know first guys to do the carrying ball. He had like a googly, he had an off spinner, he had loads of balls, and playing in Sri Lanka in candy. I mean, God did me for sweets to be honest. Um, and since then, you know, it was quite nice. And I think my 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 ODI strike rate is higher than my list A strike rate, to be honest. I think it's, it's like 98, if I'm not mistaken. But I'll actually tell you, uh, your strike rate is 97.9. 97.9. It's actually higher than my list A strike rate, to be honest. So, I think I've, I mean, I think I've done it right. I average 30, which is neither here nor there. But saying that, Green Maxwell averages 30. Yeah. He averages 30 now currently, you know, but he does strike at about 120, I think, you know. So it depends on what you want in your side, really. And in a, a quick snapshot, just having a look, I mean, it's not absolutely fact, but I think majority of the time you've come in at six or seven. Six or seven. I think one time I came in at four. Yeah, at you the, did. At the Wacker. That was, yeah, at Perth. At the Wacker against Australia, and Gary Kirsten was there, and he was like, Fudgy, you batting four today. And I was like, what? Four? Are you, I mean, are you, I mean what? Are you? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Mitchell Johnson, Nathan Coulton-Nall and his pump. I mean, Nathan Coulton-Nall still a good bowler, but I mean, he, was, he had about five clicks on him. Mitchell Johnson. Um, who else was bowling that day? Uh, Shane Watson was playing. Actually got a, I actually got Shane Watson out. LBW. Maybe the village chucked me the ball in the power play. I was in one international at the Wacker. He chucks me the ball in the seventh over, and I was new ball, and I'm like, I'm bowling the power player. What's going on? This is normally Dale Stane, Mornay Morkel. I mean, go to your big guns. Gives me the ball. Ashley got Shane Watson out. LBW, massive appeal. Anyway, so Gary Kirsten is going like, what? okay, you're bowling. Uh, sorry, you're batting at four. And I was like, what are you on about here? Anyway, I'm, I'm ready. 
see the keeper and the slips. They all um, anyway. Ashim tries to ramp one over the keeper. He gets caught at first slip. Catch in practice. Quinny tries to slog one. Try to take up Mitchell Johnson. Gets caught behind. Fudgy next in. Speed, speed in his third over. Speed guns again. One forty-seven. One forty-eight. One fifty. There was only two fields in front of square that day. Everybody was behind square. Leg, gully, two slips, a gully, the backward point. There was a third man, there's a fine leg. Only people in front of square was like extra cover and like a wide mid, like a wide mid on. Um, yeah, no, that was um, that was quite interesting. One sub at it at four. You, you're 35 now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we look at someone like Imran Tahir, who's uh, in his 40s, oldest man playing at the World Cup, and he's been undoubtedly one of uh, the few shining lights of the Proteus uh, campaign. And, I mean, you're certainly still very, very fit. Uh, you probably, I've seen you in the gym the most out of anyone here. Um, do you still harbor aspirations of playing for the Proteus? Definitely. I haven't retired from the, uh, you know, from the international game. I haven't said, guys, I'm done. I don't want to play for you guys anymore, you know. I um, I'll definitely, there's a T20 World Cup coming up in Australia next year. I think it's March. So, you know, quite a big summer for me. I mean, I'd still have aspirations to to win a World Cup for our country. Uh, we have won an ICC event, by the way. People forget we won a Champions Trophy, the first ever Champions Trophy, you know. people In Kenya? Of, we, yeah, we, we, you know, we, we kind of forget that particular stat. So we have won a major trophy, the first ICC event at uh, Champions Trophy, but a World Cup we haven't won. So I still, I mean, I'd, I'd like to definitely uh, play for my country if I can. I think I have experience now behind my behind my belt. I just got to rack up some consistent performances just leading up to that event, you know, to give myself a chance of going. Um, but yeah, like you said, I graft as hard as I can. I am 35 and I've got a wealth of experience behind my name and... You know, sometimes, I mean, I thought I'd never be a, you know, I, I was always the, the young guy pushing up, pushing up. But now I've got to kind of change my my, my story within a squad. You know, I've got to transfer my knowledge down, you know, down as, as much as I can for the for the younger generation coming up. Um, but I still I still want to play for South Africa. I still feel I can do a job. Like I said, I'm, um, I'm, I'm fit, I'm strong. I've had a break now in, in, in the winter. Um, time to freshen up uh, with regards to the mental side of my game and just you know see f- friends and family kind of take a take, take a break from cricket but uh, if the opportunity comes knocking I'll try and grab it with both hands Looks highly unlikely that Otis Gibson will continue as coach after this World Cup and uh, a lot of names being bandied about uh, the biggest of which being your Titans coach in Mark Barcher um, do you think he'd be the right man for the job? <laughs> um, I mean, I'm obviously a little, little, little bit biased uh, <laughs> working with him for the last uh, three years or so, but uh, I think he, I think he has a wealth of experience, a wealth of knowledge with, with regards to the game itself. Um, his work ethic is, uh, yeah, is very high, and you know he demands excellence from us, from our, from from, from our young squad. Um, and you know we've been proved very successful. We won five trophies in the last three years, which you know. Been an been an amazing uh, run of a uh, couple of years for us, and uh, hey, Miss Namibian finalists just kind of walking through the lobby. Uh, well, they did. <laughs> Gee, look at this. Uh, well, that's Hello, well, that's uh, that's uh, quite quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> hey, ladies. Hi. 
Well, okay, cool. Yeah, Miss Namibia 2019 finalists have just arrived at the hotel that we're staying at. Yeah. What a horrible world we stay in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I, did, I mean, I kind of lost my train of thought. I just kind of keep streaming in here, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, look, I think I think Bauchi would be... I think Bauchi would be a, a, a great fit for our, for our team. Uh, uh, like I said, work ethic. He's passionate about our country. He played for so long, sang that anthem, you know. Played, uh, played, played with enthusiasm, passion. Not that any, or you know, not that anybody doesn't. But like I said, I'm a bit biased because I've got, I've got to see his inner working with regards to leading the team and coaching with the team. So I think it could be a good fit, you know, if you were to give him a four-year tenure, you know, to the next World Cup, we have opportunity to build a team, build a culture, build a. Not that there's not a culture in the national side. What I'm saying is like his own version of it, and. Um, Especially with some young guys like Antile Pechlequire, Aiden Markram, you got Keshav Maharaj, Debray Shamsi, Lungin Giri, Kachisurapada, there's, lo- there's Quentin the Cock. So there's quite, quite, a, quite a core of young guys that can get us, that can still be at the next World Cup. So um, he could be, if he wants it. I mean, that's the other thing. Does he want to coach the side? Um, I'm not too sure if he wants to be thrust in that particular spotlight. I think that if there's one person uh, in South Africa's recent uh, history who personified the fighting nature of the country, it would be Bouch during his playing days. And yeah, we call him the Staffy. Well, it's a perfect description, absolutely perfect. Uh, the look, stature, the works. And I think that a lot of people are saying that that element was missing from this Proteus squad over at the World Cup. Um, I know they spoke a hell of a lot before they left about how they're going to be relaxed and just take each game as it comes. And if they don't win the World Cup, they don't win. They're not going to put pressure on themselves. But uh, and from people that I've been speaking to who have been uh, cricket fans for as long as they've lived, they said this looked like a completely different South African side compared to the ones of old in that the fighting nature seemed to be completely gone and forgotten. Yeah, look, um, everybody will always have their opinions, but... Uh I think there's always pressure in international sport. There's always um, that um, that uh, you know you gotta perform, you gotta you, you gotta win. I think that relaxed nature is um, it's, it's not in our nature. It's not as what we are as, as South Africans are about. We always intense. We always you know pride ourselves of, especially in rugby. I mean, we need to play we can't be relaxed we can't be chill we can't really throw the ball around and just hope that we're gonna oh, we're gonna score seven tries today against against the aussies or against the english you know we have to be intense we have to be structured we have to be um in my opinion that's just in our in in, in our culture I and mean, that is a starting point and then from there you kind of break off and play with your flair and you play with um stu- uh, with specific specific game plans with to uh against different teams etc um so yeah, look, that, that fight in nature, I, I don't think was allowed to come out. I think the other teams bullied us in the beginning, you know, especially uh, India, you know, uh, sorry, England um, kind of bullied us when they got to over 310 and bullied us into submission uh, quite early on, you know, 40 overs, 100 runs out, um, 10 overs to go, 100 runs out. Bangladesh was a bit of a shock to the system for everybody I think that knocked the sails uh, the win out of the, our sails and then you, then, then you play against India play against India and it's like oh no like you know they're a very strong side they've just beaten us 5-1 in a series in a, in, a, in a six match series the last time we played against him so that those memories flood back um, 
but yeah, that fight in nature, I don't think we were allowed to. And then we want you three, three, three games down and it rained out. Very tough to get that back. Finally, uh, going to break away from the cricket field. Something that I, I found out over the last couple of days, which was highly entertaining, was your love for rugby. Um, uh, actually, I mean, I'm a massive rugby fan, but uh, I think it pales in comparison to your love. I've got to be honest. <laughs> I, I don't have the squad written down on my, my phone. Um, uh, well, the provisional squad, according to you? According to me, yes. I've got a 31-man squad going to the Rugby World Cup in Japan. I got it my bolted around. I first did the squad, a 31-man squad, but then I thought, well, who's going to be my starting 23? So starting 15, um, my eight reserves, and then pick another further eight reserves to fill your 30-man, 31-man squad. And I've had my squad, you know, as I've as uh, for the, from the start of the year, really, who I thought, you know, like six to six to eight months out, really. I have my favourites, and then as the Super Rugby uh, campaign has unfolded, I've kind of looked at the form of the players, you know, <laughs> see who falls in, who's, you know, who's had a good couple of weeks, who's kind of been off, who can offer me versatility with regards to different positions. I'm speaking as if I'm the book coach, to be honest. Um, but yeah, my passion for rugby is, is, is strong. Come on, get your phone out. You're going to have to read through that squad. And this will hopefully be the start of a, a long-running uh, rugby podcast where we'll bring in Fudgy to, to give his thoughts. But yeah, I was very, very impressed and very surprised at uh, how dedicated he is to the cause when it comes to the Oval game. And uh, funny enough, we actually watched the Super Rugby final on the way to Vintuk from Swakopmund. Uh, we're watching it on the phone. That was a semi-final. Uh, sorry, semi-final, not yeah, final. Yeah, semi-final. Semi-final between the Satyrs and uh, the Hurricanes. A good game as well. Yeah, let's hear it. So, um, my starting my, my starting 23, I got Beast and Tawarira, I got Malcolm Marks at you. Beast is loose I got Marks at Azuka, I got Vincent Koch at Yutaite. The only reason why I pick Vincent Koch, I know he's an overseas-based player, but he just played for Saracens. I've been competing against all the European clubs, just won championships. So, you know, he comes with a wealth of experience, learning his thread over there. So, I mean, that anchoring that scrum at Taite is important, especially when you go in the Rugby World Cup. Your set piece is crucial. And... He's a man mountain. I've got Eben Itzabeth, the enforcer at number four. I've got Franco Mostat at five. You know, he's also playing his trade in Gloucester. Um, workhorse, he can substitute his flank, uh, at, at flank as well. So, you know, his tank is massive, makes lots of tackles, clean lots of ducks. Sia Kulisi, captain, you know, he plays, uh, plays as our open side. We don't really have a feature in our side, which is a little bit contentious for me. You know, you kind of got to eat those rucks, um, slow down the opposition ball. Um, yeah, so we don't exactly have an out-and-out uh, feature, but we do have Dwayne Vermeulen at, 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 as our eighth man. You know, he, he, well, Dwayne and Marks, you know, they, they definitely provide those, those teaming skills. We've got Peter Sethetua on, on the blind side flank. His tank is massive with regards to his engine, makes lots of tackles, makes lots of caddies, um, great in the line-out. So you have four line-out options with Eben, Franco, Peter and Vermeulen. So your height is not a problem. Go Faf the Clive Plan, he's straight at sale. Uh, you know, his rugby has improved massively since he's gone over to the UK. You know, played a slightly different brand. Obviously worked in his box kicks, you know, which is quite important in the modern game today. Andre Pollard, physical, physical fluff, um, tall in stature, leading uh, super rugby point scorer. So his kicking accuracy has been high this year. He's very abrasive, takes the ball up to the line, um, makes his tackles. So, you know, that inside channel. He's quite strong there. Uh, I've got Damon Dallin there starting at 12. A little bit, not too certain really, if I, if, I mean, if I really want to go with Damien, but uh, I'm thinking Jan Sarfentam, but apparently he's coming back from an ankle surgery, so 
I'm not too sure exactly where his fitness is going to be. And I saw they, I see they've included uh, Franz Stein in the in the in the book alignment camp. He offers versatility. He's a rugby world cup winner in 2007. That he plays in Jean de Villiers. Unfortunately, got injured in the 2007 rugby world cup. You know, Franz Stein, a young kid, 21 years, 20 years old, actually won the world cup for Jeez. us. What a what a what a talent. Um, so I mean, I'm going to go with Damon Dalenda, 12, um, big physical character. Uh, I'm a massive Damien Dallinder fan. 100 kgs, uh, you know. Uh, Lukanya Arm has been outstanding at the outside centre. I think he has skills, good boot on him, uh, offloading capabilities. He, he also offers a, a good fetch up uh, in, 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 in the back line. He has good uh, skills at the ruck, at breakdown time. Quite, uh, quite difficult to remove um, if you're an attacking team. Uh, I got uh, Api Yanti on the left wing. I got Spoon Corsi on the right wing, and I got Valilaru at 15. I think my, um, you know, my bench is uh, quite sorted. I got Bongi Manambi. Uh, he's um, uh, he proved a stalwart for the Stormers the last while. I got Stephen Kitsov um, as my loose. I got Trevin Yakan. He's been re- doing really well for the Bulls. Uh, Ergis Neyman as my impact lock. So and then I got Herschel Janchis at, at uh, my reserve uh, scrum. He's been in fantastic form for the Stormers. Um, personally, I think he should be going. Damon Willemse covers at 15, covers at 10. And I got Chesson Colby, fantastic form for Toulouse in, over in the French top 14. Uh, he can cover fullback and wing. Uh, the only other, the only contentious person in my starting 23 is uh, my reserve flanker. Um, I see Marcel Kutsia, I'm really a fan of him. Went overseas, playing in training in Ireland. Uh, been in fantastic form. All France were low, so I'm not too certain there. But yeah, that's basically my side that I have put out uh, based on form. I hope these guys can be wrapped up a little bit in cotton wool. I saw that Marco van Staden was added to the alignment camp today, funny enough. So that's uh, another one added to the mix. Yeah, like, I think, I mean, they concern on Sia Kulisi's... Uh, Fitness, you know, he's going to go into the rugby championship, maybe undercooked, hasn't played for the last, but for the Stormers, you know, then you've got a World Cup to, to attend to. So, you know, it's quite, it's quite a smart move, you know, bringing in Marco van Staden and in, in case some, so, something were to happen, because we don't have an out-and-out feature. He's one of the guys, few guys that possess that skill quite low to the ground. He plays a game similar to, to, to Michael Hooper and to David Pocock. Uh, and the reason why you're such a big rugby fan is that, uh, yeah, you, you, you played a bit at school and uh, you're pretty good. <laughs> I was okay, you know, I played for Westerford at COVID school. Um, back in the day, I was made it to the final trials of Craven Week, and the Craven Week had just started today you know, out uh, in Bloemfontein. Pretty cold, it's about 10 degrees there. Uh, saw, a little, saw a little bit of it this morning. I was close to making it. I wasn't good enough to be a, a utility back. Um, I was specialist left wing. Uh, my defense wasn't great, to be honest, but I was quick, and I was, I, I, my attacking game was very strong. I suppose it, you know it's you need you, I, well, I, I needed to be a, a little bit more all round. My defence needed to be a little bit better. Um, but then my, my my dad played rugby. My brother played rugby. I did a bit of coach when I was in school. Um, I kind of looked at uh, a few years back taking on a refereeing course and maybe after when I'm done with cricket, maybe take up some refereeing. Uh, Would that be still something you'd be keen to do? Um, actually, <laughs> funnily enough, I actually. Um, I looked into some rugby, some level one coaching courses, uh, and I actually inquired <laughs> uh, through SA Rugby about the refereeing course. Uh, uh, they responded, and, they, and you know they gave me emails with regards to 
where I live and I live in Pretoria, so I need to do it at the Bulls, uh, but I haven't quite made a decision just yet. Um, that's, I don't know yet, but uh, yeah, my passion for rugby is strong. Watch all the Super Rugby games, watch all the book games, love it. And uh, yeah, we've been chatting about uh, planning a, a possible trip to Japan for, for the Rugby World Cup for a couple of games. You, you picked out uh, two days in particular that are right after each other. Yeah, Saturday in Yokohama City, um, All Blacks playing uh, Springboks. And the very next day, Sunday, um, Ireland play Scotland in, at Yokohama City. So I mean, if you were to go for that particular weekend... It's the first weekend of the Rugby World Cup. You know, the, I, think the, I think the game starts on the Wednesday, the Tuesday, that particular week. Um, oh, man, it would be a dream. I've never been to Japan. Um, so to go watch Springboks. Because I, I think we really have a good shot. You know, we nearly beat the All Blacks twice in one year, which is, a, which especially you know, up to the World Cup, is a fantastic achievement. So you know, I'm really excited about this World Cup. I think it's something that uh, can galvanize our nation. Our nation needs it now a little bit more than ever. Um, but yeah, I think we really have a shot. I think we have players, strong players in strong positions. I think we have uh, a real shot. We have experience playing people, players playing in different leagues around the world. So, you know, that um, definitely gives us a shot. Yeah, you, you mentioned the, the two matches against the All Blacks last year. So we won the, the first one over in Wellington and uh, came just short back in South Africa. And funny enough, I watched that second match uh, where we just lost at the death in Abu Dhabi when, when you guys were playing in the, the T20 tournament there. And I watched it with Raymond Hamps, my business partner, and of all people, Mahela Jawadna, who is a massive rugby fan as well. I, I actually heard that the other day. I saw Russell Arnold tweet something. Yes. He tweeted something about rugby the other day. And, and um, yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, I haven't spoken to Mahila too, I mean, too, too often. He's not one of my buds, whatever. But, I mean, I just said he's quite a big rugby, uh, uh, rugby watcher, rugby supporter. Um, rugby is very big in Sri Lanka. You know Chris Clutty? He played in Sri Lanka for, I think, two seasons. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's very big over there. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, we, we mentioned these packages or, or trying to go over there to, to watch these games over in Japan. Um, our cricket podcast, Inside the CWC, is sponsored by sportsnation.co.za. Uh, check them out. So, hopefully, uh, we can try and put up a package there for, for the two of us to go over for those two games over the course of three days. I think it's be fantastic to go see. Yeah, well, look, uh, a friend and I were chatting the other night. Um, so one of my favorite bands is Florence and the Machine, and she has a show in Greece, uh, in Athens, at the Acropolis. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a end of um, her album, a last show, of her album, and uh, high as hope. And she's playing at the Acropolis. So we were thinking of flying to Greece to the Acropolis. It's in, I think it's on the 18th or the, I think it's on the 18th of September. Fly over to Greece, watch a show. On the twentieth, you fly over to Japan. You watch the box game on the Saturday, and then you watch the Ireland uh, Scotland game on the Sunday, and fly on the Monday. Oh, what a trip! <laughs> Let's make it happen. Fadji, it's been real, man. Cheers. Thank you so much for having me. Here. No, an absolute pleasure. Uh, yeah, we're going to enjoy the sights and sounds of Vintage today, and tonight we've got uh, the famous Joe's Beer House. Yeah, I mean that's what's got planned. I think uh, Titan's going to come to the party. We've been. So fortunate, uh, Dr. Jacques Fall's done an amazing job. Uh, guys have been well behaved, um, enjoying the sights and the sounds of uh, of Namibia, and um, I mean, the hospitality is uh, is very welcoming, and uh, you know the, the food's been great as well.
Certainly, yes. Thanks uh, so much to all the people here in Namibia for putting on uh, an absolute treat of a show. We've been treated like royalty. And uh, thank you, Fudgy. It's been really, really great. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed this last hour. Cheers. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to Inside the Game. Brought to you by Radar Media.